0: Greetings, guys. Welcome to River Rock. Thanks, guys. This morning, as you've already heard, we're going to be talking about adversity and what that does to us and overcoming adversity and not being discouraged. And so I have a story I want to share with you guys, and I figured video is the best way to share it. So we'll share it here in just a second. But it's a story about a young lady named Kayla Montgomery. Has anybody heard of Kayla before? Raise your hand. She was on an ESPN special back in, um, I don't know, 2010, 2012, uh, somewhere in there. And uh, Kaylee, Kayla has a whole lot of adversity in her life, as you're about to hear her story and hear how she overcame that. And so I hope you enjoy these next few minutes watching this video. At 14, Kayla was playing on a select travel team in
1: Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and was about to begin her freshman year at Mount Tabor High School. When she first noticed something was wrong,
2: I'd fallen in a soccer game, and um, that evening I started to like notice a tingling sensation in my toes. It's like, Mom, I can't feel my feet. There's this weird shock going on. I don't know what's up.
1: Doctor visits and MRIs soon followed. In October 2010, the doctor called with the diagnosis.
2: And when he said that he. Th- <clears throat> When he said that Kayla had MS, I, um, I honestly lost my breath. It made me literally sick to my stomach.
1: Multiple sclerosis, or MS, is a disease where the body's immune system attacks its own nerve cells. Essentially, the brain's communication with the spinal cord and other parts of the body short circuits there is no cure.
2: I was a home care aide, and I had multiple patients that had MS. So my knowledge of MS was not a pretty picture. I mean, it was wheelchairs and hospital beds and paralysis and tube feedings, and it was not what I had pictured for my child. I just cried a lot. I couldn't let anybody in my room. I was just, I wanted to be alone, and I was mad. I was uh, really mad. I couldn't see why something like this would happen to me. I, I, didn't, I couldn't think of anything I'd done wrong. Like, why should I be punished? Why was this happening?
1: For eight agonizing months, Kayla lacked all feeling in her legs. With the help of medication, slowly the feeling began to return. She had to give up soccer, a contact sport, And instead, turned to running, and to a coach who believed she could still compete, even with MS.
0: She said, I want to run. I want to run fast, and I don't want you to hold back.
2: I told him I wasn't really guaranteed the next uh, couple years of running, and I wanted to make the most out of every day I could, and I wanted somebody to hold me accountable.
1: With time, Kayla learned to pace herself. And gradually, that slow runner grew faster. First, making varsity. Then, becoming its fastest member. Then, training full time with the boys team. Then, becoming one of the fastest girls in all of North Carolina. The whole time, she had one voice pushing her.
2: You gotta get on the train! Go to the arms, Kayla. Go to the arms. He pushes her just the right amount, <laughs> and she responds. Go up to the front. Put your shoulder on hers. He pushes me, and um, I trust him with my life.
1: And nowhere is that trust more evident than when Kayla crosses the finish line. Because she has lost the sensation in her legs, she's unable to come to a coordinated stop.
2: You. Help me! I got you. Oh my gosh! Please. I got you.
1: That was beautiful. That was beautiful, girl.
2: Help me. Good job. That was beautiful. Please help me.
1: She needs help because she's somewhat helpless there for a few minutes.
2: Please, water. Water, please. I want to get cool as fast as possible so I can feel my legs. I try not to make a big scene, but. I think I do anyway. And uh, I I try to, I guess, get it over with as soon as possible. As time goes on, I'll just get back up.
1: As her body temperature returns to normal, her MS symptoms gradually subside. The episode causes no permanent damage. For Kayla, this is the cost of competing, and she's willing to pay it. Why do it?
2: Yes, I do because it, it it makes me happy. It it makes me feel normal and whole. It's difficult to live with a disease where your own body's fighting against yourself. Um, so when I'm running, I feel like I'm battling that. I feel like I'm I'm safe from myself. As long as I'm running, everything's fine.
1: The final challenge came in May at the North Carolina State Championships for Outdoor Track, the final race of Kayla's high school career, the last time she'd run with Coach at the finish line. Hi, champ. You've given me all you got for four years. What happened? I fell oh.
2: in the first lap about um, a little over 100 meters in. Hey you go! Good job, Kayla! I guess I got squished. And then I fell backwards And I did like a little flip
1: Oh, come on Oh, she fell Get back in it
2: I kind of chuckled to myself Like, this would happen Like, how ironic It was It was also a little hard You don't expect it And then you're on the ground You have to get back up But everybody else is Farther ahead It's, It's hard
1: So, hey You gotta get up
2: I was able to catch back up with the group.
0: Gradually worked her way up, sat with the leaders, brushed it off, nothing ever happened.
2: I sat on a couple girls for a, about three laps, and uh, I wanted to, I guess, pick up the pace.
1: Drop no! the hammer! You gotta go now, Taylor!
0: That is Montgomery going to the lead.
1: as you come around the final turn, what's going through you?
2: Um, Well, Bianca Bishop was in second place and she's got a really great kick and I knew it. Come on, hold her off! I I knew she was gonna catch me if I didn't go then, so I just gave it my all. And I sprinted fastest I've ever sprinted in my whole life.
1: Come on, come on! That is Kayla Montgomery of Mount Tabor. She will be your girl's 3,200 meter run champion. Yeah! We'll take it! Yeah! 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 Help. I
2: got you! you did. little ball. I crossed that line, and I was so happy. Help me! Help me! Please! Please! Help me! I couldn't have asked for a better finish or a better end of my you know, senior year.
1: In the final race of her high school career. Kayla Montgomery finished the way she had so many times before, into her coach's arms, and in first place.
2: From Mount Saber, Kayla Montgomery.
0: To beat it, to outrun it, to know you got every
2: movement out of those legs while you still can, that's why she's running. Friends now. Okay. I just hope to run as long as I can and to make the most out of it as long as I can. When or if I'm not able to run at some point down the road, then at least I can look back and know that when I could, I gave it my all.
0: Isn't that a fantastic story? Something in us loves the idea of overcoming great obstacles to win. And I think we love that because, not because it's somebody else's story, but because it's our story too. And we're going to talk more about that today. I think if we're honest though, part of the reason we like that is because it's somebody else's story. Because we love the idea of, of winning, we don't really love the idea of adversity, do we? We don't love the idea of having to push through really hard circumstances and setbacks and falling down and looking at the pack go way in front of us and say, how are we ever going to overcome this? But we love to watch other people do that. But I'm here to tell you today that as we read in God's word, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12, by the way, if you have your word, you can grab that and open it up. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm here to tell you today that God's story for us, and God's story too, his own story, involves overcoming great adversity. So if you're here today and you're struggling with anything, if you feel like there's no way to push through it, if you're tired of looking at at setbacks and hardship, don't forget that the greatest victories comes with great sacrifice. That's just the way it is. Or said another way, conviction, not comfort, leads to conquest. Conviction, not comfort, leads to conquest. And God says that you and I are more than conquerors. Are we going to have the conviction to stick it out? In Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to read verse 1 through 3. It'll be up here on the screen as well, but read along with me. Let's just read the whole section here. It says, Therefore, since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with what? Endurance. The what? The race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on who? Jesus the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured the cross and despised the shame and is sat down at the right hand of God's throne. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself so that you won't grow weary and lose heart. This chapter begins with a word that is therefore. Now, somebody help me. When the writer of Hebrews began chapter 12 with the word therefore, what's that a symbol to us of? What do we need to do? We need to go back, right, and see what he just said. What he just said. And I don't have time to go through the whole thing, but if you read chapter 11, you're going to recognize some names. Okay? Chapter 11 of Hebrews. Listen to these names. We're going to just move through this book, this chapter, really, really quickly by just listing the stories of heroes of our faith. Listen to these names and you'll know these stories Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab. You see, the writer of Hebrews starts chapter 12 by saying, therefore, since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us. And he just got done talking about who those witnesses are. These are all the heroes of our faith who have gone before us. And I wonder what they had to endure. I'm just going to read real quickly verse 32 through 36 of chapter 11 here. 32 through 36. Listen to this. And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength after being weak, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead. They were raised to life again. Some men were tortured not accepting release so that they might gain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they died by the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. Did they have to overcome some hardships? And the writer of Hebrews begins chapter 12, he says, think about those people. Think about the people I just told you about. Think about all they had to endure. And he basically says, this is your first point, remember who ran before you. When you're tempted to lose heart, remember those who have ran before you. you know, if we think about these people and we remember them and how they didn't quit and they ran the race with endurance, we have to wonder, what would they say to us? If they were here today, what would they say? And I think the Hebrew writer, he, he answers that question in the second part of verse one. He says, so let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. That's what they'd say to us. They'd say, set aside the weight. What's the weight? The weight is those distractions, those things that pull us away from our focus of where we need to be headed. Lay aside the discouragements, the things that make you look like you're not going to make it. You may as well quit. Look at what's happening all around you. That's that weight. You know, nobody has has invented like lead-lined running shorts yet, have they? No, when a runner runs, they want to shed as much weight as possible so that they can run that race with endurance. No hiker sets up at a, at a great hike up into the mountains and says, let me load my backpack up with a bunch of these river stones. No, he says, I'm only going to take that which is completely necessary along with me. They measure their pack in ounces, not in pounds. So set aside those weights of discouragement and distractions. And it says, and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Because what's sin going to do? Sin's going to hamper your run like almost nothing else. It can actually disqualify you from the race. And then he says, let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. Kayla said this quote. I thought it was really powerful from the video there. She said, I wasn't guaranteed the next couple years of running, and I wanted to make the most out of every day I could. I wanted somebody to hold me accountable. Here's a gal. She's staring down the barrel of paralysis and tube feedings. And she says, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to stand on these. I'm not promised another day. And so I'm going to run with endurance every step I can until these things quit on me and my time is over. And then she says, and I want somebody to hold me accountable on my run. Push me harder. Push me faster. Kayla knew what she was running for. And our ancestors knew what they were running for. That's why they're telling us, run the race with endurance. It's worth it. Don't stop now. Don't be distracted. I think they would say this very simple phrase to us. Don't become distracted, discouraged, or disqualified. Don't become distracted, discouraged, or disqualified. Now, who knows how to do that? Who knows how to run the race and not be distracted? Well, I want to tell you a story a little bit more uh, modern than chapter 12 of Hebrews. 1952, there was a woman named Florence Chadwick. I'll be impressed. Does anybody know who she is? Somebody knew. Okay, there she is. That's Florence, 1952. Very accomplished swimmer, set world records, swam the English Channel more than once. And so... She gets it in her head, I want to swim from the coast of California to the Catalina Islands, okay? And this is about a 26-mile swim across very cold, turbulent, and shark-infested waters. And she says, I'm going to swim this thing. This is in 1952, okay? She sets out. They've got boats paralleling her on both sides to help, like, beat off the sharks, literally, okay? And to pull her out of the water if she succumbs to muscle cramps and stuff like that. So she starts to swim. The fog starts to roll in, as it often does in that part of California, and she can't see more than a few yards in front of her, and she keeps going. Fifteen hours into her swim. Can you imagine that? Fifteen hours into this. Her muscles are starting to cramp, the cold soaking into her bones, and she tells her mom, who's in one of the boat's, I need to quit. I'm, I can't make it any further. I can't see anything. I th- I think this is the end. She manages to struggle on for one more hour, and then she says, "Pull me out." They pull her out of the boat, out of the water, into the boat. They stand her up, and strangely enough, just about the time she gets in the boat, the fog starts to lift. Coupled with her more uh, bird's eye view, now she realizes she was less than a mile. From the Catalina Island coast when she quit. Two months later, she says, I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna try again. And she sets into it. Same scenario, very similar weather, and guess what happens again? Fog rolls in like it always does. She's cramping, she's hurting, every muscle in her body is begging her to stop. And she looks over at her mom and she says, I can see the coast. I can see the coast, and the fog is as thick as soup. She, later, she made it to the island. She actually ends up making the swim two more times, breaking her record each time. And she later told the press, the only reason I made it is because when I was ready to quit, I remembered what that coastline looked like when I first tried to make the swim. And I said to myself, I will not stop. I see the finish line. I see the finish line. Florence learned her lesson, didn't she? She realized that you can't take the short view. You can't look at the cold water. You can't look at the fog. You have to look at the finish line. And she wasn't the only one who knew how to do this. As we've already read from Hebrews 12, Jesus Christ knew how to do this. Jesus Christ knew how to do it. Look at verse 2. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that what? It lay before him. He did what? He endured the cross. He endured the cross. Guys, what we have to do is we have to learn to keep our eyes on the what? The prize. Keep our eyes on the prize. Jesus Christ looked at the cross, and if you remember your Bible, he didn't want to do it. He even asked God, is there another way that we can do this? But not my will, but your will be done. So he looked past the cross and saw the glory at the right hand of God. And he said, I'll do it. I see the finish line. It's worth it. It's worth it. We have to fix our eyes on the prize, not on distractions, not on comparisons, And not on setbacks. The greatest victory stories in eternity have setbacks and distractions and people you can compare yourself to. But you don't look at that. You look at the finish line and you keep your eyes on the prize. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 26 tells us what our prize is. It says, Don't you know that the runners in a stadium all race? but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way as to win the prize. Now, everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. However, they do it to receive a crown that will fade away. But we for a crown that will never fade away. God's got a plan for your life. He's got a race that you need to run in and it's going to involve setbacks and it's going to involve hardship. It's going to involve pain. And you're going to want to quit. But you keep your eyes on the prize. You remember that all these other people run for a prize that will fade away, but your crown of glory awaits you. Are you going to run with endurance for that? Or are you going to quit? And the only way to get past those moments when you feel like quitting is to keep your eyes on, on the prize and focus on the goal. Let me ask you guys, this morning, what are you struggling with? What's challenging you? What do you want to quit at? Perhaps it's a, something at work, it's a huge project at work, and you're looking at the next few months going, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this with my sanity. Maybe you have a similar thought and like you're raising toddlers and you're going, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this with my sanity, right? Maybe you're in your second year of college and you're saying, man, I need to make it through to graduate, but I don't know if I can make it. I'm running on fumes here. What is it? What are you struggling with? Can you run that race the way God would have you to run it? Can you look to the end and not on what's in front of you right now? You know, at River Rock, we're a church plant. Just let me give you an example. Man, anybody who's been with a church plant before or you've been with River Rock here since the beginning, you know church planting is hard work. There's some adversity involved. There's some setbacks involved in every single one of them. Right? Because we are doing arguably the greatest thing on planet Earth. We are literally building the church. We're building the kingdom of God. And if you're involved with us here, you get the opportunity to use your own two hands, your own two feet, and be involved with building the church of God. It's one of the greatest endeavors known to mankind. And it's going to have some times where it's going to get hard, and our enemy wants us to quit. But we can't do that. We can't quit. We can't listen to him. If we focus on the hard work in any situation in our life, we'll get discouraged. We know who's at the finish line. And when we're running and we feel like our legs are going to fall off of us, we have to look to the finish line and see our coach there waiting for us, screaming at us Drop the hammer! you got to go now. Don't quit. And we have to push forward. What's the enemy lying to you about? What's he want you to quit about? you got to listen for that finish line. See him standing there waiting to catch you in his arms. you got to hear him right now catching you, scooping you up in your exhaustion and saying, good job, kiddo. Well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I know you wanted to quit. I know sometimes your own body fought against you in your flesh when sin was trying to drag you down, but you fought it off. While you had light, you ran. You didn't stop. Jesus Christ waits at the right hand of God to catch us, and we will not quit. We run to please Him. You know... Just quick application things. How do you do this? What are some things in your life you can do? Um, write these down if you want to. I think step number one is pray. Pray about what it is you're running for. Okay? Whatever it is you're running for, pray about it. And ask yourself and ask the Lord two quick questions. Is it worth it? Okay? Is it, is it eternal in its nature? Does it last forever? Okay? Is it a worthy cause? And if it is, never forget why you started running and never give up. Okay? Ask God to renew your strength and your passion. Number two, get a running partner. Get a running partner. Get somebody to run with you, to run by your side, and when you want to quit, they won't let you quit. They might help beat off the sharks, but they're saying, I'm not pulling you in the boat. If I have to tie a rope around you and drag you behind the boat, I will, but you're not quitting on me. okay? Get a running partner. What does that look like? Man, we've got discipleship groups forming right now. There's two lists at the back for the men and the women that you can sign up for a D group. This is going to be a group of about three or four people who will love you enough to challenge you and help you grow. okay? The ones who know you well enough, like they know all your junk, and they love you anyway because they know that they have their own. And they push you because they love you. A really similar group, but just a little bit larger group, is our community groups. Guys, those are happening every single week. I just looked at the numbers. Last month, we had 90 people from this church and some from the community involved in community groups. Okay? You can talk to me and back. I'd be glad to help connect you with those. Okay? Third, fuel up. Spend some time with your father. How do you get to know the Lord? You get to know him through prayer. You get to know him through experience, walking out your faith, not just living it up here, not just being hearers of the word, but being what? Doers of the word. And also, a very practical way to get to know him, read his love letters. Get to know him through this. We've got a reading plan right now that's in your bulletin every single week. And if you join us right now, in one year from now, you will have read the entire Bible and it takes five minutes a day. Just five minutes. The last thing, (laughs) pretty simple, just run. Just do it. Pray about what you're running for, get a running partner, fuel up, and then go. Put one foot in front of the other and don't look back don't look back because you are not promised tomorrow you are not promised tomorrow and I guarantee you you want to run today in such a manner that if tomorrow is not there and you meet your heavenly father face to face you want to be able to be proud of how you ran the race today amen you want to be proud you want to hear him look look you in the eyes and say to you, well done Well done. Guys, we're about to take two here. Before we do, I know this morning's message has primarily been aimed at maybe members of River Rock or existing Christians. But let me just say you might be here this morning, you might be new, and you might be saying, I just got here. I don't know anything about you people. I would just say, Welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for checking out River Rock. Know that there is a place for all stages of runners. In this church, there's a place here for you. And there's people who are right there at your stage and maybe just a little bit in front of you who can help you run the race with endurance. Okay? Check us out. I hope, I hope that you will. I hope that you will. And maybe you're here this morning and you're still considering who this Jesus character is. You don't yet know him. I'm here to tell you There is a peace like you have never known when you can look to the finish line and instead of thinking it's over and nothing happens, to not only knowing that there is someone there who loved you enough to come to planet Earth and die on the cross for you, but that he's your coach and he's screaming at you, push forward, run with endurance. I'd love to talk to you more about who he is. If you're interested in anything we've talked about, be it community groups, discipleship groups, knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, go ahead and pull out your connection cards if you would. We're about to take two. On the back of your connection card, you're going to see a place to check off for, I'd like more information about community groups. I'd like to know more about a relationship with Jesus Christ. All it takes is a check mark from you today. Can you do that? You're not signing a contract. Can can you check a box and see what God will do with you and see what kind of race you'll be able to run with God waiting at the finish line for you or with new running partners? Okay, let's take two.